Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we're in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on. It leads to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to talk to the people, uh, friends of mine, who enjoy playing the same games that I do and talk about the games that we are playing, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people who create these games. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I have gotten a lot of private messages People asking if I have been keeping up with Renegade Game Studios because they are putting out uh, several games using the intellectual property of one of my favorite things, which is, of course, G.I. Joe. Now, we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about a few other things. But if we're going to talk G.I. Joe, there is one man that we have to have <laughs> on. The man, the myth, the legend behind the podcast that I have listened to religiously throughout lockdown because it is positive, it is fun, and it is all things G.I. Joe. He's a, a regular on many panels, podcasts, and many other things. But if you are looking for Chris McLeod in your daily ear hole, I would go to the Full Force podcast because that is his show, it is his jam, and he is awesome fun. Chris, welcome back, man. It is awesome to hear you and see you again today. Thank you for that intro. That was far better than I deserve. That was lovely. Thank you so much. I'm great to be on as well. Thanks for having me back. Now, you were on a tw uh, at some point in 2020, which was a blur, um, and we talked <laughs> about... Can we, can we call it the year that shall not be named, I think, is what we should call it. Well, if you're in Australia, it feels like 2020 Part 2 Electric Boogaloo at the moment. Oh, oh not the pig in the city. Oh, no. That's no, no. Pig in the city. Exactly. No, I don't think we're the pig in the city at this point. We're the Judgment the... Day. <laughs> Probably more Judgment Day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Terminator 2. There you go. Amen to that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So, yes, we are a little bit locked down here, and I am going a little bit stir-crazy. Something like, what are we on, 205 days of lockdown since this started? So uh, wow. the walls are starting wow. to close in, kids. <laughs> Chris, I can't help but notice that you have a Unicron behind you. Yeah, you're, you, oh, you have the best toys. <laughs> thank you so that was, yeah i still by the way that's that's how it came that's how i got it out of the box and that's how it stayed since it got here <laughs> um i have not attempted to transform him yet and i was i was planning to go i was planning to put the old movie on the old animated uh classic mm -hmm. uh and then tr and like you know play with it and transform it during that but no it hasn't i haven't had a spare 15 hours to transform him so <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about why you haven't had a uh, spare 15 seconds, let alone 15 minutes, let alone That's 15 hours. G.I. Yeah. Joe has been exploding in the last, I don't know, 12 months, uh, six months in particular, it seems. There are just yes. so many places where we are seeing the G.I. Joe intellectual property. I believe there's what, three to four action figure lines currently on the go, three at least, well, Depending yeah, there's probably more than that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then <laughs> you've got yeah. In fact, you've got Super Seven, which is Ultimate's reaction. That's mm -hmm. two lines. You've got uh, Classified Retro. That's two more lines. You've got uh, the movie Kids mm -hmm. line. There's a lot of there's a lot of toys out there right now. And then there's Pseudo Lego Brickworks. I think is what it is. And 
Jesus, everything. Uh, G.I. Joe is everywhere, and it seems that you haven't had five seconds to yourself to not nope. talk about G.I. Joe. No. <laughs> There's me thinking, I'll get into this really niche of a niche subject matter, you know, do a knock a, knock, knock a podcast out once every month. That's how we started this. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, I have to get do some more at three in the morning, do I? Okay, great. Here we go. Because <laughs> so Let's bash out a news burst quickly, yeah. Because you do a weekly show. You do a full weekly show with a couple of guests, yeah. and you talk about the news of the week and things that interest you guys, which is, of course, yes. the show that I love listening to every weekend as I'm making oh. breakfast and going for the walk. But you also do the little news chunks, the news bursts throughout the week yeah. of every little, every, God, and I mean every <laughs> yeah, little yeah, announcement yeah. that gets made about G.I. Joe, <laughs> about an action figure, about a leak, about uh, a possible appearance of G.I. Joe IP somewhere. Yeah. You know, a letter opener that happens to be shaped by Storm Shadow's sword, you know, yep. all sorts of stuff. And you're doing it constantly. Yep. Friend, well, good friend of the show and obviously massively talented word burglar. Um, mm. If your listeners have not heard of him, then check him out on on and any way you get music, basically. Rap, but he did an amazing Viper. album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. He did an amazing album called Welcome to Cobra Island, which has Rap Viper on it. And it's he was he's just a genius. So I've been working with him quite a lot. And we were talking, I think the last time I interviewed him and he was joking at the fact that, yeah, I'm, I can't wait for your next news burst on a G.I. Joe belt buckle. <laughs> and he's right. Like it is. It, it's so ridiculous right now that we had. Uh, like I think it was probably le like less than a year ago it started with like a doormat and I think mm -hmm. I did a news burst on a doormat <laughs> and then it just it's just kind of it's just got more ridiculous since we've had then there's been stuff that's happened that we haven't heard of since like trick-or-treat studios but I'm guessing they're going to be bringing their stuff out around Halloween time so mm -hmm. you could probably keep an eye on that one at the moment but there's so much so the brand is everywhere, and obviously uh, that has a lot to do with the the movie, the Snake Eyes movie. But in the last, I would say two, the last two months, which are, uh, was it Yojo June and July, and then a little bit of August, have probably been the busiest I've ever been as a GI Joe anything in my entire existence. Yeah, you were sounding a little burnt out at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and then you messaged me and said, "Do you want to come on the show?" I'm like, "Well, at least I don't have to edit this." So yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the editing this time. Let me do the, the heavy lifting. And by heavy lifting, <laughs> I mean click a few buttons. There's a little bit more to it than that, guys. Now, for those who are listening, we are going to get to games in a minute. But I do want to talk about yes. a couple of things that are sort of G.I. Joe slash nostalgia tangent. Because they do kind of apply to some of the things we've talked about the show in recent weeks and months. And then we absolutely will be getting to the games themselves. But... Chris, you were just on, and I shared the, the link on the Cast Eyes Facebook page as great listening material if you are doing a long-term painting sesh. You were part of a panel on the Armor Online G.I. Joe convention, I guess is what we would call it, yeah. um, put together yeah. by the codename Iowa Guys. Fantastic, by the way. I've never oh. been to an online convention before. Absolutely loved it. Got a ton painted and just hung out. And you guys did, because the, the, the theme of the show was the classic vamp jeep versus the classic hiss tank. So like the classic yeah. G.I. Joe vehicle versus the classic Cobra vehicle. And you did one whole panel on the vamp, one whole panel on the hiss. And then you did a comparison piece between the two. 
so yeah. entertaining. Oh, Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because you guys put in so much work. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little story about that. So um, Brian Sauer, big shout out to Brian Sauer, Codename Iowa, <coughs> excuse me, and Assembly Required. Assembly Required is an amazing convention in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And the um, Armour, which is uh, Assembly Required Mass Online Rally, was devised last year for COVID, basically, because mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't do an in-person show. So, and it's a wonderful show. If you ever get the chance to do it, anybody listening, if you ever get the chance to go to Des Moines, Iowa, there's one in November, this coming November. Hopefully, if all goes to plan, that's still going to be going ahead. You don't really know at the moment. The world is upside down. But right. you know, if it's still going ahead, it's, it's going ahead at the moment. If you can get there, get there, because it's an amazing show. And basically, yeah, we did this online version. And I think the first year we did mail away theme. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was I joined the Joe Declassified guys and we discussed like literally every mail away in the US ever. And then I did a panel with Pat, my kind of co-host of the Full Force Weekly. Love Pat Stewart. Amazing guy. Not Picard. Not Picard and Stewart. He, <laughs> and he and I did the, a little kind of um, UK kind of themed mail away panel on GeForce which mm-hmm. was a it was kind of like a failed mail away offer in the UK back in back in like the nine like the early 90s and it but yeah so we we did that it went down really well uh, and then this year we decided to do it again and um that's when they said yeah we're going to be doing the vamp and the hiss tank you got to put together some panels I was like okay great <laughs> so I had to do a ton of research First of all, on the vamp and the, and the hiss, because I, I could, you know, I could tell you a lot off the top of my head, but you still have to do the research. You right. have to have to go on there and look. Are there any versions I'm missing? Mm-hmm. Have I got the years right? You know, have I got that detail, that specific detail? I'm talking about that character. So you have to, you have, really do have to cover this stuff. When you're talking about it in a panel's perspective, I feel like you have like an obligation to do it as almost perfectly. Unless there's some new like information you're not aware of that isn't common knowledge that you just aren't going to know unless someone comes forward and explains it to you, then I feel like you need to really be putting everything forward for a panel. It's why you get experts for that kind of thing. So in lieu of experts, I just did a ton of research. <laughs> I was going to say, so that makes you the expert. And then I knew Only you were going to say, yeah. Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah. So I got Pat and this time it was a, it was a basically a, collaborative panel with articulated points mm-hmm. now that's another amazing youtube channel yes pat, again pat stewart and phil donnelly and they just go into massive detail about some really cool stuff in the world of toys and vintage and it's just brilliant so check that out it's really good he, uh, pat just did one on crash test dummies mm-hmm. or crash dummies, i should say the incredible crash dummies which is an amazing toy line as well so anyway check that out um, so we did the panels. Oh, so we put the panels together, which took a lot of work. Uh, in my head, I was like, well, well, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, m- we don't want to do it. So it's really boring. So it's just like, here's a list of vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let's do, I'll do some videos. I'll do some nice little kind of cute little history of the vamp. And you go, got the opportunity to discuss things like the Lamborghini Cheetah. Yes. The XR 311, uh, which are the kind of like the, they're like the grandparents effectively <laughs> of the vamp. And, you know, we got to we got some amazing stuff from Dankling and Smith Jr. And his amazing uh, creating G.I. Joe books. Such um, good books good friend, aren't they? They're so right? good. I have them all on my bookshelf over there just lined up ready, you know, just to steal one and take something mm-hmm. out of it that I need. 
you know, he was a great help for us as well. A good friend of the show as well, Dan Kay. And um, yeah, so boshed out some videos, recorded it with Pat and, and Phil. We did probably probably did like it was probably like a three or four hour session of recording to get both panels. And then the we weren't going to we weren't going to have that that vamp versus his tank as a separate panel. That was just going to be at the end of the mm -hmm. his tank panel. And when we finished doing the recording, I'm like, there's like two hours. There's like <laughs> there's like an hour here. There's an hour here. And then there's almost an hour here. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no. There's no way we can have a two-hour... People are going to want to just cry. Yeah. So we split it up into three, separated them, put them all over the show rather than like one after the other. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of, I think it went down really well. And um, yeah, I was really happy with the outcome. We had a lot of fun doing it. And one of the, one of the things I will say is Brian Sauer, who puts the show on, is amazing. Like graphic artists of the oh, highest really? order. Yeah. Just uh, unbelievable. He did all the graphics for those panels. I just had to put everything together, but he like did an amazing job with that. And he obviously does the graphics for all our shows as well. So the, the full force weekly, um, we've got another, I would say like panel change up coming up very soon because we're moving from the summer to the fall. So we're going to be changing up and I won't tell you what the theme is, but it's looking amazing. So uh, keep an eye out for the weeklies on that one. Nice. Now, yeah, so the, the panels were cool. We did them and put them out there, and they seem to go down well. So I was happy with that. But I tell you now, <sighs> the, the, the week leading up to the original air date, which was a week prior to when it came out, my laptop failed. Oh. Uh, well, it wasn't my laptop that failed. It was my Final Cut Pro that failed. And oh, no. unfortunately, there was nothing I could do about it. People were saying, like, give me all these ideas. Like, could you, could you take the files out and try and open them in a different computer? And I was like, mm -hmm. unfortunately, it corrupted one of the folders. Oh, and God. fortunately, the folder it corrupted was my full force podcast folder, which contained my news burst templates, my weekly templates, all of the work I'd been doing for the past two years had just been lost because the the, the you know corrupted and there's nothing i could do about it no. so that really sucked and i told brian and we were kind of trying to troubleshoot what we could do because we only had and i'd edited i'd edited the entire like 20 or 30 minutes of the first panel right and oh. that was gone that was all gone and you, you might be thinking well 20 or 30 minutes isn't that bad that was about nine or ten hours of work straight up because mm -hmm. they are complex video yeah you know you've got moving parts you've got panel uh, borders mm -hmm. frames you've got like move you've got to double up the videos and you've got to split them up and move the heads in different boxes honestly it is an absolute nightmare mm. so that was devastating so i had to literally wipe everything and start again and this was two days before the show so I tried to wipe and start again, but that took a good day. And then we were looking down the barrel of me having to get all this stuff done from scratch now, not from like a good starting point, but from scratch. And I was just like, you know, Brian, it's not going to happen. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's postpone. Let's postpone it a week because we can do that. We can push it a week and we can, you know, catch up with it and have a good week to kind of get everything done. And I tell you now, even with that extra week, it was killer. <laughs> and we were working right up till Friday 
I, I was done basically with what I needed to do, but there were still the odd bits and pieces here and there that had to be done for the show. So I was done basically on Friday afternoon and going into Saturday, I was at least happy that everything was yeah. uploaded and he had everything, but they still had a lot to do. And, you know, we go into the Saturday and we still had issues. Like the, there was the issue of, um, they, they got around this really well, but the issue that the cartoon block couldn't be done mm -hmm. on YouTube because of, uh, you know, yeah, well, you know, copyright, yeah, they, yeah, copyright pings on your on your e mm -hmm. email. So totally understandable. Totally, and we did we did foresee this as well. So they set up a separate link on Zoom where they hosted it, and you could go with a special link, and you could watch the cartoons as you're getting ready in the morning, eating your cereal, which is what we do at the show. Yeah. So the in-person show it starts at like it starts at ten, but at nine a.m. they have this cartoons and cereal. And we have the big screen That's projector awesome. and we just have this, we, we, I put together like a, it's like a fake, you know, like how they did in the States where it'd be like the, what was that one? Was it the, the cartoon express where it was like a train? Do you so know the like cartoon, the yeah, it depended on the network that you were watching it in the region. Yeah. Um, there was, yeah, yeah, the cartoon express was one of it. Oh God, I can't think it was like cartoon adventure time or something was. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the, like going out to my grandma's house in Iowa one year and sitting watching cartoons in the morning going this is like another planet like this yeah isn't, yeah same so cartoons true. totally different layout so yeah. it's so true because I, I spent a lot of time in vegas when i was younger because mm -hmm. uh, we had friends out there uh, family friends and you know i would see gi joe cartoons on whatever they were showing on tv and everything so when i speak to people in like the east coast there's still a disconnect yeah. because they didn't have the same visuals that mm -hmm. were going on you know so i found that quite interesting but Anywho, uh, so I put together this cartoon block with like a fake American accent I put on and say, like, hey, kids, it's the Saturday morning cartoon block, things like that, right? Awesome. And, you know, explosions and kids going, yay, and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of cute. And we, and we have like commercial breaks. So mm -hmm. where the commercial breaks are, we would put vintage uh, commercials. Mm -hmm. And we've got like an eight or 10 hour block that we've put together that we then, you know, run for the show. And they did another one this year. It's really fun. And then you go into the show and it's the introductions and then boom, they just knock all those panels out, which was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We got, we had word burglar on as well and mm -hmm. he was amazing. And I managed, I, I personally edited his two videos for him, his mm -hmm. snake eyes part four and rap Viper videos. That was a lot of fun. Like putting them in like comic panels and everything. Mm -hmm. it loved, loved that. I thought it was so much fun, man. He is so uh, for those who aren't aware of who Word Burglar is, a Canadian rapper, I believe. Uh, yes, and correct. Yeah. He, he often links a lot of his rapping with uh, intellectual properties like Transformers, G.I. Joe. He did an entire, as you said, an entire G.I. Joe-themed album, Welcome to Cobra Island. There's a science fiction-themed album that has Space some great... Space Verse. Yep, Space Verse has got some great Star Wars, Star Trek, Transformers content in there. Oh, God, it's I can't... Amazing think of the prime song off the top of my head but i was literally listening to it on my walk this morning um awesome yeah so good but he's got yeah. that metroplex life as well yes and cybertronica is mm -hmm. the one that he does so that cybertronica is my my track i made that with him so that's i produced that and i produced uh, a visionaries track on that album as well which is one of my favorite things i've ever done ever and it's with Werberger on that album oh, and i absolutely awesome. adore it yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, you'll, you'll recognize it as soon as you put a uh, spectral mic on. You'll recognize if you're a if you're a Visionaries fan, mm -hmm. you should recognize that track straight away. Oh, that is so. I didn't realize that you actually ha were on the albums. 
yeah, yeah. Produced uh, Cybertron as uh, uh, the Toronton mm-hmm. and um, Spectral Mike for the, the three tracks on that album. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go back big and re-listen. Fan, big fan of Word, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see my Diagnostic 80 produced by on there. Yeah, Just yeah. Ch- check it out. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I guess... I, I guess we've been going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but Sorry. let's let's no, that's totally fine. Let's go back to uh, Armor Two for a split second because, despite all of the the hiccups, the panels themselves were brilliant, and you yes. went through, as you said, all of the variations of the hiss and the vamp. Now that was very personal to me, as I was literally finishing another Cobra Stinger in 156 scale for my uh, Toy Soldier Brilliant. project. I love them so much. But after, oh man, after that panel, I literally walked to my closet and went for a deep dive and I was looking for my 156 scale hisses and I realized I own eight <laughs> more unpainted ones. And I was, I then went back to the panel and was going, okay, I can paint this one like this. I can paint this one like this. I can paint this one like this. <laughs> the Arctic one in there. Yes. The, yeah, yeah. The blue one. Yeah. Well, now I have so, to, I have to order another vamp because I'm running low on vamps. Uh, so I can paint up a Tiger Force one because uh, that's going to be a oh challenge. My. The Tiger Force Deco is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite kind of paint schemes in in gi joe basically i think it's the most i think it's so cool and vibrant and ridiculous and it is based on real life as well which i think a lot of people don't realize but yeah totally really really cool like beautiful deco yeah we were talking about that uh in one of the former cast ice episodes looking at both the korean war and chinese forces in world war ii yeah tank uh designs i don't want to say designs uh decos i think this is uh how you would say it on the show yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, you can say Deco. Yeah, Deco. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, I guess this all ties to something that I've been sort of skirting around for a long time because, uh, look, I don't want to say that G.I. Joe is hitting a massive stride right now because of, like, nostalgia in, in, in an uncertain world, but I'm sure it's contributing to that. I know, personally, 2020 really helped me to pull my finger out as far as getting stuck into my G.I. Joe and Cobra Army projects amongst several yeah. other things like my my transformers and painting 10 millimeter transformers so i can play bot war with it and really going back to the games and the and the things that i loved as a kid so nostalgia is one of those things and i actually have done a little bit of reading on this and chris i'm sure you'll be able to weigh in on this but it's mm-hmm. if we literally look at the definition for nostalgia it it's that sentimentality it's going back to the past to happier times right Nostalgia brings transporting you there. Yeah, exactly right, and it brings comfort in times of crisis, uncertainty, stress. I don't know what any of those have to do with 2020 and 2021, <laughs> right? Um, Everything's been super chill. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Really cool. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's it right. It's a return to things that we know. Now that might even be, and as I said, I did actually do some research and readings on this. It's really interesting that. New television shows, new video games, new movies, there was a lot more expected buy-in with companies that are producing newer things than what has actually been happening in the 2020 lockdown world because Mm. so many people are going back to things that they know. I, I know in the gaming world, tons of us went, cool. And there were a million memes about now I can paint my unpainted collection. I'm sitting on Smog's horde of unpainted toy soldiers, and now I have the time. I can't go anywhere. I'm going to paint new stuff. But in a lot of cases, that, that hasn't really worked. 
it, it's that even though starting a new project can be great, uh, and we often feel guilty if we're not getting into it. Yeah. Look, it's 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 natural to not do so. Uh, psychologically, we seek stability. We seek being, you know, the the comfortable yeah. and not trying new things, right? And so, routine. yeah, exactly, routine. But even looking back at more romantic times when things get tough, and I think in in the gaming context, it it means that a lot of us are just going back to maybe finishing some things we started before, or maybe just taking a break from hobbying because there's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves as hobbyists to you know paint to a high quality or to get something finished and look adding stress and (laughs) something else to do in my day is not something I'm looking forward to at the moment but I guess in particular I mean gee Chris do you think that maybe looking back maybe that such a big jump into popularity of G.I. Joe has to do with this concept of nostalgia or is that just a happy coincidence I think it's it's a weird one for me because when we talk about um, like the current kind of scenario with GI Joe, um, I don't. I mean, uh, you know, being in the community for many years, like you know, like I, I feel like we've kind of gone through this already multiple times. Like, I don't feel like a lot of people are like jumping on it because of the nostalgia they had for it as a, as a kid. I think they just haven't been out of it. Like I haven't been out of it. Like it's right. the, the the time I was away from GI Joe was literally the time it was off the shelves pretty much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was, it was like 92, 93 for me in the UK, <clears throat> maybe 94. Uh, I, I got out of it because of high school and a couple of, I won't tell you the stories now. I think I already told them multiple times, but like a couple of moments when I was in high school where one, my friend made me really like, just made me super embarrassed in front of a bunch of people by saying that I still collected GI Joes. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt Bales, shouting you out there. <laughs> um, still friends, by the way. But he, um, you know, he, he did that, and then that made me really kind of self-conscious about still collecting toys. And I was mm-hmm. like, because I was in high school, what, like twelve years old, eleven, twelve. Yep. Uh, that's when we hit high school. So um, yeah, so that I was I was still collecting probably 13, 14. I was still buying toys mm-hmm. on like the sneaky, you know, on the stealth. Yep. Um, and but then like I I got out of it fully when two girls came to my house in the summer, mm-hmm. in the first summer after high after my first year at high school, my first yeah first, some, yeah my first year at high school, and they came round. Mom put them when I wasn't in the house at the time. Mom sent them up to my room to wait for me. Oh, and no. I'll tell you now, my room as a 12-year-old <laughs> was like, it was plastered. Like there wasn't an inch spare in that room of Manchester United posters, like Ryan Giggs and mm-hmm. friggin' Gary Pallister and Andre Kanchelskis and Mark Hughes all over my wall, right? Everywhere. Uh, Eric Cantona. And... Um, and and not just that, but I had I had the, my Sky Striker was on my windowsill. I had yep. which which I regret to this day because it yellowed horrendously right. because mm-hmm. I did that. But you know I had I had plastic dinosaurs on on my cabin bed on the <laughs> desk of my cabin bed, which had stickers all over it, like I was you know like I was a, a child, you yeah. know. Anyway, that mortified me because i came back and they were in there and they were joking about it but like they were cool because they were also quite they were young you know they were young like just just, you know but as kids and in high school everything is like the worst thing ever Mm -hmm. so 
I was out of it then, right? And I didn't get back into it probably, you know, I missed the, the new sculpt, the modern era a little bit. I saw a few little bits and pieces when I'd visit, well, I think I'd visited New York as well. And I remember going to the, the Manhattan Toys R Us and just being like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah. Oh, G.I. Joe's still happening. That's that's neat. Um, but then also jumping back in around like Sigma 6 mm-hmm. and buying Sigma 6 figures. And that's kind of since then, it's been like, again, it's been like that steady. So I've... I haven't really had that moment where I'm like looking back going, I mean, I have had that moment where I've been, I think back as a kid and I think back what, you know, my collection, but I still have that collection as well. Yeah. It's not like I, I got rid of it and then I kind of, I yearn to have it back. It's like, no, like I still have it and I've, I've always had it and I haven't really changed since I was 12 anyway. So <laughs> for me, it's weird because yeah. I feel like people talk about nostalgia and I get it because I'm all, I also do it. But we've also been collecting this now for however many years since right. Sigma 6 was going. I've been in the community roughly since then as well. So you've been on like online and talking to people in forums and on, you know, in like message groups and stuff like that. And then you start to get friendships going mm-hmm. and then you go to a JoeCon and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, and then that was another thing. JoeCon was the thing and that was the thing every year and every, every that was what the focus was. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, loads of GI Joe product came out of the Joe, Joe conventions, which we all loved and we all poured loads of money into and, you know, and literally loads of money into it. Yes. Um, and then, you know, it kind of, the, the brand never really, I mean, it goes away and it went away probably for the longest period of time. I've known it to kind of disappear at uh, the back when we had the uh, 50th anniversary and then it was just like nothing after the club disbanded and it was just nothing for ages. It was kind of the death of the line in a sense, but I was still doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. The podcast was still, you know what I mean? That, that was still happening. I was still talking to people about it. That never stopped. And because it never stopped, it's hard for me to go, right, well, now we're in this nostalgia era, are we? Yeah. I've been in this nostalgia era since like yeah. 2000 and whatever. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have been too. Yeah. I think, and also I think now a lot of people are getting into it that might not have been into it during those years because it wasn't as commercially known. But obviously the movie pumped that commercial juggernaut didn't it and mm-hmm. i mean like that's why i think a lot more people have probably jumped on with that nostalgia vibe knowing oh, i had those toys as a kid where's gi joe been for the last however many years it's been around yeah trust me but obviously you know i don't expect people to know yeah. i don't expect people to have been aware if their lives you know you, you you've got a life going and it's not circulating around this like it is for you know me <laughs> then <laughs> it's hard as well to kind of to um i forget that that people aren't necessarily in it every day mm-hmm. and even the people that i know are in it every day still have to lead lives too and i've had you know friends of mine who are well into the scene and well like you know dug in pat's another one pat tells me on the weekly is like uh, what news is it this week and then i'll send him the document and i'll go oh, i didn't know t- I, d- I, d- I missed that of your mm-hmm. you know, and that's our news burst that i'm putting out that he isn't catching because he's got to live do you know what i mean there's life yeah exactly and i totally get that and i think that to a degree nostalgia is playing a huge part with a certain audience in getting back into it i would also probably suggest that and i'm not sure if we want to go down this route honestly but um i also suggest the nostalgia is a probably a big factor in why some people aren't into it at the moment um for whatever reason 
So like because they're so um, transfixed on a certain period of time, it might not even be the entire vintage run. It might have been like mm-hmm. just the OG 13. It might be, you know, like a 85 to 88 or something like you know that you know that could be the era we're talking about for some yeah. people. And then I got out of it when it got started getting a bit, you know, uh, bright colors and all this kind of stuff. And and that's totally fine. If you're if that's not your thing, it's not your thing. But like, I think that could be why some people aren't really grasping on to some of the newer stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's not their G.I. Joe. And I, I understand that to to a degree. I'm not really like that. I'm very much like a fan of that that logo, that brand. As soon as I see it no matter what form of function i'm kind of drawn to it mm-hmm. and that could be sigma six it could be renegades it could be the snake eyes movie all that stuff you know i i, I see it, i'm attracted to it and i want to know more about it and i want to study it more and i want mm-hmm. to enjoy it I, more importantly i want to enjoy it you know and sometimes that has been a bit hard in the last couple of years because i think people not only fighting their their own mental health in this situation but having the internet as like a i suppose like a soundboard mm-hmm. means that you're just instantly getting everyone's i don't know just negative angry insidious yes. stuff you know and that's that's an aspect too to it as well i would say well again that's one of the reasons why i listen to your show it's always positive i'll try but, and get more swear words in there yes it's more negativity in there. <laughs> No, no, no. But I mean, that is that there's a lot of analogs to what you've been saying, um, which tied directly to gaming. I mean, I never got out of gaming. I basically learned to read by reading game books. And then I've been doing that ever since. And so for me, you know, I I never stopped. And, you know, when you listen to a lot of gaming podcasts like, oh, yes. And then there was the the years where I was in college and I was interested in girls and drinking and I and I stopped doing games. And I was like, nope, I was still flying to Baltimore (laughs) to play in the Games Workshop 40K Grand Tournament. There you go. Uh, I was painting my go. army once a year. Even though I was living in Party Central in New Orleans, I was absolutely still focused on every yeah. year I will have a new army for my Grand Tournament. Now, to, And also is, with gaming, like that, yeah. that literally keeps going too, doesn't it? I mean, that doesn't yeah. stop. Like that is like in some That's form true. or fashion, you've got it in, you know, it doesn't matter what brand it is or what kind of, like it's 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 always going it's always moving there are always games being created mm-hmm. and like with at least with you know with gij you get those lull periods where it's like you know it just drops off yeah. and it, it's it's just because i don't know it, it just has that that these things have these lifespans and people have those attention mm-hmm. things where it's just like on to the next thing on to the next thing on to yeah. the next thing so yeah i um I, to- I i i totally see what you're saying there and especially with gaming like that is a constant and people are just dropping in and coming mm-hmm. out and dropping in and coming out. So yeah, I, I understand it with gaming. Well, that sounds like a good segue. Let's talk gaming and GI Joe. Cause that was 30 minutes of us talking about GI Joe. And probably about 30 minutes of me just rambling, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, hell no. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, let's, let's talk about why we're combining GI Joe with gaming. Now, Besides the fact that I've been painting a G.I. Joe and Cobra themed army for a very long time in 25mm or 28mm, I'm very excited to hear. You did it before it was cool. Yay. You did it before it was cool. <laughs> well, I would love to say that I was the first one, but I was uh, inspired by several people, notably Dr. Mercury. His, If you guys haven't seen Dr. Mercury's blog online, it's called Dr. Mercury's Lab, I believe. Oh, my God. His stuff awesome. is next level. I wish... I. It's taken me literally years to be able to 
Yeah, literally get like to the point where I feel like I can maybe tie his shoes. But Renegade Game Studios has the IP or has bought the rights to the IP for games, uh, for particular things that we grew up with, most notably recently Power Rangers, Transformers, and G.I. Joe. Now, for Transformers and G.I. Joe in particular, they have put together a a deck-building game that you can play with your friends. And they're also, they've just done uh, an online convention to talk about the G.I. Joe role-playing game and the Transformers role-playing game. Lots of great information in there, and we're going to talk about some of that today. Mm-hmm. But as part of that, as you know, as a podcast that does tabletop gaming, we occasionally touch RPGs, but you know, we are, I typically do focus on tabletop because that's, that's my jam. There are 25 millimeter models for this game. And in yeah. fact, they, they've already started leaking some of the photos out. Now, they're, they're role-playing miniatures, so they're not going to do an army's worth, but they've announced 12 models, uh, mm-hmm. and they've shown several of them, including Snake Eyes, Jinx, Scarlet, Gung-Ho, Duke. Duke. Gung-Ho. That's right. And I'm... Lady J. Lady J, yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure she was the last one that yeah. they showed. Yeah. But yeah. lots of great stuff in there before we get into the rpg chris you have watched more about the deck building game than i have now this isn't a collectible card game what they're offering it's more of a you buy the box and then you buy an attachment set of cards and it's it's more like um the the deck building games and now of course i can't think of any examples um <laughs> and which is super embarrassing uh but there are Power Rangers and Transformers. Yeah, just like the other ones by Renegade Game Studios. But no, it's um, there are, as I said, it's not the collectible kind, which you yeah. know give me gives me a rash just thinking about because of my completionist streak. That if somebody said, "Hey, there's a collectible card game," I'm gonna have to go get a mortgage. Um, I tell you what, all. it's one of those things where you're both excited and terrified at right? exactly the same time, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm the same as you. I'd be like oh my God, I'm doing this immediately. I'm buying a whole box Mm -hmm. of cards, you know, that come out. And then it would be like, one, you can't find them anywhere. And two, it would be like, you're never going to complete this ever because there's like 16 chase cards in there. You're never going to find. Well, I I played the Decipher Star Wars game in college. Uh, I had a friend who was a big card player and he knew I was a, a tabletop guy. And so he's like, look, let's play the Star Wars game. You love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Let's play Star Wars. And so... I was very excited. I bought a couple, uh, you know, packs and was like, oh, cool, I can just do this. And then I bought a box and then I bought another box and then I bought another box. And it was just, by the end, I had boxes upon boxes upon boxes (laughs) of cards. And thankfully, I got a misprinted box as one of them for A New Hope, uh, which was the second expansion for the game. There was, I bought a box where every single pack in it had five rares and had no uncommon and so I wow. had like every rare in that box in spades, like in, in depth and was just going, this shouldn't happen. I'm very happy yeah, about that this. Ha- I've never had that happen. No, to me, exactly. But then I saved those and I banked them. And every time there was a new expansion, I was like, so does anyone have a Yoda? Because I've got, you know, <laughs> I've got a Chewbacca for you. Uh, and so and that was just when the Internet was, I guess, starting. So I was uh, trading uh, for the cards that I needed. And uh, yeah, but the thought of getting an, another collectible card game gives my wallet 
the the sweats. I mean, it's bad as it is with tabletop gaming, let alone collectible card game. So anyway, this is a game where you have characters, you have gear, you have vehicles, you have missions, and they all interrelate. Now, is it are you playing as opposed to someone? Is it playing collectively? What was your understanding from watching the panels? Oh, it's a co-op, I believe. So, um, yeah, you're playing with other people on the same team, and then you're working to the to that end, you mm-hmm. know, to uh, to complete the missions, to to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I it's funny. I think I know more about the role-playing game, but having watched the the panel on the artwork for the deck-building game. Uh, they they showed off like you know the little GI card which is like the the kind of green shirt you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you've got uh, leader cards like Scarlet and I think Rock and Roll was in there too as a leader obviously there'll be I, I imagine Duke and Flint mm-hmm. and all those kind of guys will be in there to take Cobra Commander etc cetera, etc cetera. but then also uh, this was really cool because I wasn't really think you know I'm watching it just kind of like lo- looking forward to the art being kind of brought up and then it's like oh of course there has to be kind of some other mm-hmm. You know, there has to be some other way to, you know, for this to work. It can't just all be like character cards. And lo and behold, even though you could call them character cards, the vehicles popped up and it was a vamp and a killer whale they had as nice. examples. I know. And I was like, well, first off, very topical for the vamp. Yeah, I was going to say. Massive panel on it. <laughs> Did you start having sweats when they said the V word? Yeah, they said the V word. I'm like, oh my God, has my laptop crashed again? No, it's fine. <laughs> Do better check my Final Cut Pro. No, um, yeah, everything's been fine since, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, so it, it, they, they had, yeah, obviously vehicle cards. So obviously they're going to be pretty instrumental in building, you know, your kind of team uh, for whatever mission you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mission cards, obviously. Yes. And they had some really fun ones. Like there was one in there that was like the um, rescue the scientist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you've Burkhart. got... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've got like a science, you know, uh, yeah, the, the, the insinuation that it's Adele. Uh, she's there, like on, a, like kind of tied up, and they're in like the kind of jungly, kind of like forested area, and you've got a trooper in front of her, and you've got like a tomahawk in the distance flying low. So about to, you know, you're about. To, it just, I love the the visuals that come along with this stuff, you know, and and obviously yeah. having Robert Atkins and Steve Morris mm-hmm. doing a lot of the art for these things, then you know it's just great. It's great to see that. And I know I think uh, Jinx was shown off, and that was John Royal's art, wasn't it? So, I think so they're yeah. getting a lot of they're getting a lot of different artists on it. They're getting a lot of like, a mixture of um, artwork that's already out there and artwork that's kind of like purely. Uh, original for the game as well so they're mixing it up a little bit but again they probably have to because you're talking a lot a lot of visual going right. on here with the uh, with the deck building game and with, oh, the, also, with the rpg as well right because yes i mean if yes. we're talking about a, a modern standard full color role-playing book and it is a sizable book i believe it's 300 mm. pages you're gonna yep, need gonna... a lot of art in there and i'd imagine there will be some overlap but we've you've already seen some of the art that is going to be in the RPG full page spreads. And my God, do they look good? I love that Steve Morris has done that kind of, I love his style because it reminds me of the really old vintage mm-hmm. adventure books. Yes. Like the old Norum stuff. And mm-hmm. like he, he's, he's, you can definitely see he's got that. He's got, he's been inspired by that kind of style in his life because there's, it's just so, and like, it, he's just, like, I must say as well, Steve Morris is his own artist and he does, fantastic work and it is very much his own style mm-hmm. but you just see the the way he uses like color 
and the way he and the, and the way he uses like the, the poses are always so much like of that adventure book kind of style and mm -hmm. i just love it i think he's great and i think the work he's done on this role play book is just phenomenal yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing more of that because they had a there's like a couple of pages it was the like agent faces and law and order mm -hmm. in a briefing room because it's like not all action you're gonna have to have those moments yep. when they're getting told what they need to do and they're you know and and I just, I just thought it was really cute that they're like incorporating characters from all aspects of the of the brand you know agent faces was like a you know like a, a new era kind of modern era kind of character uh, figure and yet you've got like shipwreck in there who's mm -hmm. like you know your classic sunbow character you've got you know duke in there in his classified gear mm -hmm. you've got ace in there i think like a it looked like a valor versus venom kind of design of, from him so you, again yeah. you've got all these like different kind of designs kind of creeping in and i really like that i thought it looked it looks beautiful yeah, I love that that Law and Order, like you mentioned before, in that picture, they're wearing the the more classic uh, yeah outfit. Well, at least one of them is. The other one's a dog. But I also love that <laughs> the, the dog was at the briefing, which you know, is great. As as and someone who's had a he's... dog sitting in my lap for half of this podcast, yeah. I know how that goes. <laughs> he's. I love how Order is staring at Major Blood on the screen as well <laughs> uh, on that on that artwork. It's just yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal work. Yeah. Well, oh, one thing I will yeah. mention about that piece of art as well, Steve mentioned it in the in the uh, panel, is the presenter, um, the presenter, Trivia Fox. Yeah. She said to him, uh, she loves how he's done the chairs in there. And it's true. Like, it's really mundane. But, the, you know, the fold out chairs. Yep. He's done such a good job of making multiples of those and mm -hmm. it looking really good. Right. And really... You don't notice at first and you look at them you're like oh my god those chairs look amazing and it's <laughs> so mundane yeah. like you know this is gi joe we're talking about and i'm looking at chairs what's going on <laughs> collapsible chairs well <laughs> let's let's talk about the role-playing game because clearly you and i have both yeah. seen a lot now we did mention there will be a line of models coming out with this now oh, they they yeah. haven't talked specifically about what they will look like because on the panel they were just and they even painted one they had a guy on oh what's his name daddy louie daddy louie that's daddy. right painting gung-ho uh, and he showed a couple of models and then he painted gung-ho on on the stream plus they were showing some in the other panels now daddy louie was very specific about saying this is not the way they're going to look in the final version and i'm glad that i watched his panel to hear that because i was looking at photos both that you printed and that i saw in different places online thinking mm. wonder what material that is so they're going oh, yeah, with gray plastic production yeah but they are the 3d prints prior to proper production rollout so we're not yeah. sure entirely what they're going to look like, but they will be, it's been confirmed, they are 25 millimeter. So I'm hoping, and they will be apparently not as heroic uh, scaled, although they're looking fairly heroic. So they're pretty heroic to me. Yeah, exactly. So I guess uh, we'll have to see exactly what the scale looks like, uh, but I'm definitely going to be picking these up. But they're, they are attached to the role-playing game. Now, I'm really excited about the role-playing game. I'm not really... A role-playing guy. I mean, I did grow up reading yeah. all the classic TSR games. As I've mentioned on the show before, growing up in Tokyo, I had an hour and a half train ride to school every day and an hour and a half train ride home. And I basically, Ouch. yeah, learned to read uh, in that in that train ride. But I read all the RPGs that I could get my grubby paws on because it was the 80s and the school that I went to actually had a role-playing library because it had more money than sense. 
and because Amazing. my dad, right? And my dad taught on military bases, and I was able to buy, you know, American role-playing books at American prices in Tokyo in the 80s. Uh, oh, yeah. And since the exchange rate was so wacky at that point, it was actually stupidly cheap for me to do that. So I, you know, read books for Top Secret, Marvel, uh, the Marvel superheroes game, the classic one, Star Frontiers, GURPS, and so Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. So obviously. read those books <laughs> over and over and over again. And that gave me my love of narrative that I, I bring to the tabletop. Even though I don't normally play a lot of role-playing games, mm. I did play uh, an RPG last year during our first big lockdown. friend of the show, Drew, uh, Drew McLean, my co-host from... Uh, Beyond the First Marker, he and I played a lot of Call of Cthulhu with a group of friends. Brilliant. So good. But I, it reminded me how much fun a role-playing game can be. And yeah. it got me thinking, man, I would love to do like a modern secret agent mission, you know, have to accomplish something, a small team of operatives trying to work your way through it. I think that would be a really cool role-playing game. And I was mentioning that, and then a couple weeks later... This got announced, and I'm thinking this could Perfect. be exactly what I wanted. Now, what's really cool about this is it's it's using the Renegade Games' new role-playing system. Essence, Essence 20. Yes, the Essence 20 system, which revolves yeah. around four key stats, uh, strength, speed, mm -hmm. smarts, or as we say in Boston, smats, and, smats. Uh, smats and social. <laughs> Each of those sort of breaks out into um, to, yeah, to like skill points break, within. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's tons of them as well. Yeah, right. And also, like, there's a couple that that you don't have to. You you can just have like initiative, and mm -hmm. there's another one, isn't there? Yeah, where you don't need like the points for it, or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, I was I was really into that. Oh, that, sorry, they're not connected to those. So that's like almost like a an extra level, isn't it? Like initiative, and I forget what the other one's called. But there's a lot of them. I haven't had much role play game experience at all. Mm. I am a big like I've played uh, all sorts from mm -hmm. Space Hulk when I was a kid, yes, all the way through, one of my favorites of all time. By the way, mm -hmm. uh, I was also like um, at the, when I was when I was really young. I probably I think I told you this on the last episode. But I'm did. a huge, huge Blood Blood Angels fan. Mm -hmm. uh, always have been, always will be. No <laughs> one can see this on screen. I've got my little McFarlane's next to me, That's um, right. which I absolutely adore. I think these are great. I've also got a Bandai uh, Intercessor, like a Ultramarine or whatever he is over there too. But anyway, that's by, by the by. I've done that and I love it. And I've played lots of different like board game mm -hmm. um, kind of games. With people. No, no, I'm not talking like Mousetrap. I'm <laughs> Monopoly. I mean like. I mean, like, you know, the, the, those, like, was it Forbidden Desert and yes. things like that? You know, all those kind of ones where it's like, mm -hmm. it's more than just, you know, you just move in, you know, it's dice and you're just moving pieces. Uh, loads of different games like that in recent years. And now, like, seeing this role-playing game, I'm so excited because I can't wait to, like, develop a character. Because right. that's something that's, like, I don't just, it just screams to me something really fun. Like, mm -hmm. you know, give, it, give him a code name and a specialty mm -hmm. and, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, so like I, that's something I was really grappling onto when I was watching the panel with Elisa Teague, um, who's like one of the head honchos, mm -hmm. and Dustin Fletcher, who was a writer on multiple, uh, I think Power Rangers at the time, but he's also, he's a big fan of G.I. Joe too. Yes. So like 
watching that panel was, I thought like, you know, it, it sounded like they're just going to go through a, a massive t- like sheet and just like talk about the rules. Mm-hmm. How boring. It was so, so good to, to watch uh, just for that info. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to really jive on this uh, role playing game, I think. Absolutely. And I love just touching on what you were talking about there as far as character creation. They had a whole panel on that. Um, yeah. And what they really dug through, I mean, they went through the stats and they went through how to build the character from a mechanical standpoint, but they went through a couple of really interesting parts. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it's what sold me because before that I was like, yeah, it looks cool. It's got miniatures. I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy it. But what actually made me go, you know, what actually might make me play this, not just buy it and read it like I used to read RPG books, like I collected them. For me, what really grabbed me with this was each character has influences, origins, and functions. So the influences are sort of their past experiences. And you can choose, you have to choose one, but you can choose up to three. But if you have more than one, you actually get a hang-up that goes with it. And some of these influences could be like gearhead, athlete, small-town roots. And they, in each one of those sort of gives your character a little boost, either to their stats or gives them a special rule. And of course, as you get hang-ups, there's a negative side to those as well mm. that you have to add when you're role-playing. But then, you, of course, that isn't just their background story because then there's an origin. And you sort of talk about what branch of the military or were they a scientist or, you know, were they yeah, like a uh, civilian and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And that all comes together and you have, you could have the army, for example, where you get a bonus to particular stats and you get a bonus to your health. And then there are different that impacts the gear that you can have. Um, and then you have the function, which is sort of their current role on the team. When you can have things like commando, ranger, infantry, commander, vanguard, and then that's sort of your your character class, I guess, because yeah. as you level up, you get increased perks. But if we're talking about the influences, the origins, and the function, and you combine those together, you really do get a, like a real sounding person that you can actually yeah. role play. It's really both on one hand intuitive once you've seen it done if you watch the panel but also it really gives you a clear idea of who your character is and how you're going to play him right yeah 100 percent. and i think like you said that kind of sold you when you saw that it was it was more rounded than just like four things you have to put in mm-hmm. and it's so true like i mean this is this is one of those things you're just going to like do on like when you've got five minutes spare this is something you have to put some time into mm-hmm. as well like you have to like and and but it's also I, I would I would probably argue a lot of people in GI Joe, in in the fandom have been doing this their entire life anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I have been building a character, my entire like f- podcasting experience. So like I think that when I get this team sheet, uh, when I get this kind of character sheet, I should call it, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna be diving into this and I'm gonna be building something that you know, again, is very personal to me. Uh, I'm definitely going with Firelinks as a code name because that was my that was my given code name by one of the Action Force fan clubs back in the day. Nice. Um, so I will be using that and I'll be creating some sort of, you know, we'll see. I'll probably go back to my Steel Brigade slash Special Corps mm-hmm. 
file cards just to pick out some things that I put on it as a kid. Because I think that's going to be, again, like a nice personal touch that you could incorporate. And let's face it, like I said, we've already done this as, as kids. We have made these like character. If you, and if you, if you mailed away for a Steel Brigade figure, you did it. If you mailed away for a special core figure, you mm -hmm. did it. If you mailed away for a create your Cobra character, you did it. So like a, a, you know, this is basically that on a on a on an adult level, I would call it like a, if you can call it that, really. But you know what I mean, on a more advanced level, I should I say. I do. You actually <laughs> literally hit my next talking point with Steel Brigade yes. because back in the day, you could literally send away you would get your steel brigade figure but you would have you could customize it to you as far as the yeah the, the file card right and so you were putting yeah, you yourself that in that yeah. universe right yeah it was like um you know you filled out a couple of uh, segments like obviously you put your own code name in birthplace all that kind of stuff then you chose from a, a selection of specialties uh primary and secondary i believe mm -hmm. and then you also um, then did like an answer you answered like a little questionnaire and that would create this kind of like dot matrix file card for mm -hmm. you which was really really cute and again like the amount of of effort just going into that alone is one of the reasons people like us still talk about gi joe to this day exactly, like it's right? you know it's it, totally and i think um yeah, in terms of the role-playing game, like it's gonna be like that. It's very similar. Like it's a matter of like, where am I gonna put my strengths? So it's like I'm, I can put. I think they put, you get like two points to kind of you do. In, in each segment. Then you where you're gonna put them, and where you put those, you then have to kind of like separate them into those different areas of mm -hmm. uh, those different segments underneath. And so, and I was the funny thing was, it sounds complicated, but when Dustin Fletcher and Elisa Teague were doing this on screen. I was calling what they were going to put in what, mm -hmm. what box before they did it. And I got it right every time yep. because it just makes it, it's very natural and it makes sense. It's like, he's a sniper. So he's going to have to have mm -hmm. survivalist and he's going to have to have awareness. Yeah. And I was like, I, and I, I pulled those out straight away and I said, well, obviously he's going to have to be aware of his surroundings and he's going to mm -hmm. have to be a survivalist. Dustin said the exact same thing. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. You know, exactly. it's going to be very, once you start breaking your character down, it's going to be very simple and easy for you to go, where do these points go? And uh, yeah, so if anyone's looking at it, feeling a little overwhelmed or a little bit like what's going on, yeah, surprisingly very intuitive, isn't it? Yeah. And I was kind of expecting you to say Lightfoot at one point, because uh, that's your uh, alter. That's your cosplay <laughs> alter ego, but that is an actual G.I. <laughs> Joe character. Um, I love a couple things about this game that I, I got from the panels. I love that there's a hero point system where you get rewards yeah. for good role playing. So if you yeah. do, and I know I've played a couple of games where like Call of Cthulhu, where you can get a little bonus from the game master if you lean into good role playing, which is an element of good role playing games these days. But I love that that's incorporated in because I think it could, because there is the link to the Sunbow cartoon, there's the, the, I don't want to say the trap because I don't want to sound like I'm being the serious old man G.I. Joe fan over here. But, <laughs> you know, it could be, you know, because people, as you said earlier, have very different ways that they have ownership over this fandom in their own mind. And so their version of G.I. Joe may be very different from mine. Drew, who I mentioned earlier, messaged me immediately when I posted a picture of this and said, if you're running a game, I'm 100% in. And then he sent me the gif of Roadblock yelling, who wants a body massage? And I know his entire frame of reference for G.I. Joe 
are those fake PSAs on YouTube. Pork, you know, was it? Ones. Yeah, yeah, pork yeah. chop sandwiches or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Pork chop sandwiches. And so, you know, trying to do a role play with him where I'm like <laughs> Larry Hama comic book. You know, this is, it's got to be serious. This, you know, as serious as G.I. Joe gets. But having, having that hero point system, I think, is a really good way of sort of leveling the field and making sure, I guess we're going to have, as a game master, someone's going to have to actually sit down with the players and say, let's talk about what kind of game we're running here. Um, Because I'm thinking more like hard-nosed Daniel Craig James Bond infiltration mission, and I know that and then other some, people. Someone the, else is like shipwreck and Polly, and yeah, like bazooka from the yep. Sunbow cartoon, yeah. and shooting planes and having the guys take the the parachute Parachutes. out. Yeah, it's like <laughs> red and blue lasers. Yeah, I, I think that somewhere in there we're going to have to have a conversation. I think it's great. Um, the other thing that I think that uh, should be mentioned by you and I as GI Joe fans is yes. Not only when you get your class, does that sort of help you pick what gear that your character has? And then there's different levels of gear within that. You can create your own weapon in this game. Um, Incredible. Right? And so I think they were making a joke about um, having a, uh, what was it? Like a a throwing spear that has an anti-armor element. Yeah, like Lady J would always have, she'd Mm -hmm. have her like, her spear would be like the, it would be the, what what do I need right now yeah. kind of spear. Do you know right, what I mean? Hawkeye, like, calm down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but she was like, yeah, and my and it glows in the dark because that's what I want. Yeah, and you're was, like, that was funny. Yeah. I, I, I did like that a lot. And also, like, it that is, it's good because it's going to get people to, especially people that really want to get into this in like a fun way, mm-hmm. in a, you know, they want to get into it, but like, they you know, they want to, they want to get into it in a big way too. Like you can design your own weapons. Like that, yeah. that, who doesn't want to do that? Right. I want to have like two katana swords on the end of a like on either end of a stick. Like I'm Darth. Like I'm a Darth Maul. Like I'm an analog Darth Maul. You know. Nice. <laughs> Pretty sure I saw that in the GI Joe movie last night, the the Snake Eyes movie. But um, oh, yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. I want I want a Kiko's weapon because that is dope. Right. That could, split like she splits it in half and she's got two of them and mm-hmm. they blades come out of it. oh my god she's dope she's so badass anyway yes agreed right on well god and the transformers game um now for those who haven't listened we did uh, i did talk to delvin from uh the transformers chronicles podcast a while ago about transformers in general actually dr mercury was on that episode as well um awesome. because he's also a big G- uh, sorry transformers fan but he, we talked about on that show that since the cartoon which was ironically for gi joe i'm like i'm all serious about it for the cartoon i'm like yay for transformers i mean i'm like yay the cartoon g1 and g2 cartoons are like my wheelhouse for that and they're like no no no. in the comic book there's like religious wars and zealots and you know who's the good guy who's the bad guy the proletariat and i'm like whoa that is not my experience it is heavy man i'm telling you yeah like not not even like i mean like the old school comics and then also like the uk comics Mm -hmm. where you've got like um uh simon Furman, who is you know massive into the uk comics those stories are deep and they're dark mm-hmm. and they're twisted and there's so much, you know, go, so much nuance in it. And then the current comics, well, you know, the mo- the modern like kind of era comics as well. They've they've gone really political mm-hmm. um, and in in a good way. Like there's been yeah. some amazing amazing stories, but yeah, like some very like deep dark 
like mm. contemplative kind of stuff. And yeah, like the cartoon was just this absolute fun fest, wasn't it? Yeah. Just absolutely like movie aside where they killed everybody. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know, the, the yes. cartoon was just rampant fun, wasn't it? Mm hmm. Everyone talks about Optimus Prime dying, spoilers, in that movie. And it, I think it was Braun who dies in the first 10 seconds. And I'm like, come on! I know, that was so sad. Yeah, Braun, was... And Ratchet, and mm -hmm. Hyde, and yes. Wheeljack, and freaking... Um, who else was yep. in that? Wind Charger, I think, That's was in right. there as well. Oh, Wheeljack oh. was one of my favorites, too. And so when that happened, I was crying. I was, uh, And then Optimus Prime, and you're like, this... I can understand. Everyone talks about, oh, Optimus Prime dying. What about the other G1 Transformers? Anyway. I know. So and then you've be... got, like, Sorry, go Grapple, ahead. who died off screen. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Didn't... But then he's in, his another... he's in a scene towards the end of that fight as well, like, in the distance. And I'm like, so he dies off screen, and he's... Oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And was it Snarl, one of the Dinobots, mm -hmm. just, like, turns up in, like, two frames or something, and then that, not in anything else? And you're like, what is going on? Continuity. Anywho, that's Transformers for you guys. Exactly. Uh, let alone continuity of size when they transform. But that's another whole, another whole topic whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, but just to bring it back, I mean, it would be really interesting to see how they handle the role-playing game for that, too. Uh, because, again, everyone has a different frame of reference for their fandom for this. I think that's going to be one of those difficult Game Master uh, conversations. So they've announced um, for this game, they've put for pre-order up the G.I. Joe game, that is. The G.I. Joe role-playing game, the deluxe version, which has a different cover. There's a set of G.I. Joe dice that has the G.I. Joe logo on them. Now, for those who are used to Games Workshop dice, who may be expecting like a, a Chaos Star on every six, for example. In this case, it is role-playing dice. So you have a 20-sided, a 12-sided, a 6-sided, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, including a 50-50 coin from the look of it, um, yep. which is cool, but it has the G.I. Joe logo on it. Um, they have The two-faces two two faces coin, isn't right? it, basically? <laughs> oh, man. I want the Cobra coin. That's all I want. But then also they have a Game Master's screen, which has got some great art. But it also comes with an additional adventure, which feels very 80s to me. I, I love that they've done that. And yeah, I cannot I wait. Um, now, they, they aren't shipping to Australia right now. Uh, oh, but they're mate. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, I do know that there's a lot of local shops that carry Renegade's other games. So I'm assuming okay. it'll, it'll be down here in quick smart. Uh, but, you know, as the accent gives away, I might have a U.S. shipping address. So... Nice. We'll see. <clears throat> anyway. There's also, don't forget that the, the Shadow of the Serpent expansion for the deck building yes. game as well, which which is effectively what they're hinting at is that that's going to be the Cobra kind of version because at the moment there's been a lot of talk about the G.I. Joe kind of like teams and missions and everything uh, and Shadow of the Serpent, they've heavily hinted. They didn't say outright, but they were heavily hinting about it being a Cobra-based uh, kind of uh expansion which is you know I, 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 I people were complaining about that first i'm thinking guys give these things time yes. and they all we we only had to wait for a couple of minutes for them to tell us on the, mm -hmm. on the stream um and the other one i think is another uh, adventure book is the operation cold iron one for, for the role-playing game yeah and that is also very cool sounding yes. uh 
possibly October Guard mm-hmm. in there, do you reckon? Oh, God, I hope so. With a name like that, I'm Hold hoping uh, Iron Grenadiers, but... Oh, it could be very much so, yeah, yeah. totally. Not could could he, it could he just, just be Arctic-based? You could just oh. be getting lots of uh, snow serpents and yes. cobra wolves. Mm-hmm. I suppose they'd be wolves. Wouldn't they be wolves? wolves. They wouldn't be cobra wolves. wolves. Sorry. Sorry. Cobra wolves. I think we're now we're yeah. digging into things we were talking about off-camera, so we... Uh, but actually, I really hope in uh, the the fact that some of the art from the RPG they have an awesome picture of Doctor Mindbender and a Crimson Guardsman each on their own page. And now the names escaping yeah. me of the artist, Steve Morris. Yes, oh, no, Rob Atkins. Rob Atkins. Yeah, Rob Atkins. Atkins did um, Crimson Guard, and he did ba- uh, uh, Doctor Mindbender. But also, I'm speaking to Rob Atkins tomorrow. Ah. Uh, so as this is being recorded, I'm I'm doing an interview with him for the weekly this coming weekend so brilliant uh if you listen to this first then expect robert atkins to be chatting about renegade on the weekend and if not then you can go back and check it because it's already out if so, that makes sense. so go to go to your local podcatcher and look for the full force and you will find it now chris i think on that note once we start plugging each other's podcasts it's probably time to call it a day but i'm hoping that um there will be some cobra opportunities to role play because i want a crimson guardsman but ladies and gentlemen chris again thank you for making the time you are the busiest man i know in podcasting and uh it is a true honor uh, as someone who's a big fan of your show to have you on today again thank you brother don't stop. Keep going. I'm loving this. <laughs> I no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much again for having me on this. I always have a good time chatting with you, bud. And and like I'm really excited for. Oh, and I was actually going to uh, mention this to you. Would you be up for when like we have the games in hand to possibly do another little thing where we go through our little characters? Maybe we could do. I don't know. Maybe we could do like an online game with a couple of other players, something like that. Would that would that be something that interests you to do? That would be more than something I would, I can express in words how uh, excited I am to do that. <laughs> yes, 100%. Gaming, G.I. Joe, yes. Let's do it. I can't, yes. Awesome. Oh, yes. That would be, oh, can't wait. Can't wait. I might even have to record a role-playing <laughs> session at some point. Although That would be um, great, wouldn't yeah. it? Trying to get the, uh, the, the crew together from across the world to get a good role-playing session. Have to have to figure out a, a time That'd of day. Tough, yeah, it? school holidays yeah. maybe. Oh. <laughs> All right. Once we start well, talking anyway, about I'm, I'm up for it. international role playing sessions, I think that is definitely the time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I know this is a little bit of a a, a love uh, of mine and a little bit of a niche topic, but good lord, I cannot wait to talk more about this game and to uh, just God to play. So hopefully we can get pre order soon. Thank you again for listening. Chris, thank you again for coming on. I think it's time to go with what our old buddy Casey always says. When you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than that, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night.
And that track 